0: Welcome to a very special edition of the Official Jets Podcast, powered by Amazon Web Services. Today's episode, the Chad Pennington special here on the Official Jets Podcast. Chad, thanks so much for joining us today.
1: You got it. Thank you guys for having me.
2: I just wanted to know, since it is Tuesday, were you aware of the New York Jets social and content team reliving the Monday Night Miracle on Monday a few hours ago as the, they were able to celebrate and a lot of the alums participated throughout the night. The Jets coming back from a 30-7 to deficit against the Miami Dolphins and beating them in overtime 40-37. to So the first question was, were you able to uh, partake in that? And the second part of that is, what were your memories of that game?
1: I did not partake EA, but I was aware and I did catch it on the website as well. And uh, that night was uh, really memorable for me uh, being on the sidelines, being a rookie, um, watching one of the greatest comebacks in NFL history, I believe, um, being down 30 to 7 in the fourth quarter with about 13 minutes left and just watching half of the stadium empty out uh, and then watching the momentum uh, swing uh, from one to the other. And to me, what was most memorable about the whole uh, night was that um, the Dolphins actually, uh, once they took the blow from us, and they were able to actually grab the lead once again. And then we had to Mm -hmm. tie it up and then move into overtime. So when you talk about resiliency – courage and uh, determination Um, 2000 jets team certainly showed it that night
0: what's the status of your life right now obviously everyone's life has kind of been upended and you know different people are affected different ways by what's going on right now but in your immediate family obviously there's homeschooling involved but you're somebody that likes to do a lot of things so and you're now parked in kentucky so what's life been like for you recently
1: Well, first, we've been extremely blessed with our health and uh, living on a farm. We've been able to quarantine and uh, be very safe with that. So that's a blessing Um, for anyone who has children. uh, All of us know uh, we have now experienced homeschooling. And so I have a newfound respect uh, for parents who choose to homeschool. Uh, One NFL legend, Sean Alexander, uh, he and his wife have homeschooled. Uh, all 10 of their children and so uh, I have such a respect for their family and so uh, I know that um, you know it's been something that uh, has been challenging for us but also rewarding and I think um, Lord willing our health stay intact we'll look back upon the situation as a time as a family that we were really able to concentrate on one another and spend quality time with one another which when you have a growing family of three boys and you see time flash in front of your eyes as they grow and mature you're trying to push the pause button sometimes to enjoy it and so this has been a way for us to push the pause button and enjoy the three boys
2: well said uh we are all facing an invisible enemy across the world this is a pandemic and it's impacting you guys down in Kentucky, but I wanted to ask you about from afar, when you see the numbers in New York, what goes through your mind? Because you were a guy when you lived up here, Chad, who really put his boots down inside the community. You and your wife, Robin made yourself part of this community and you were always active uh, with your efforts. But when you see, Uh, the monstrous numbers, and sometimes it's um, it's staggering, to be honest with you, what's going on in uh, New York, specifically New York City, and the area where you used to call home, uh, what's your reaction?
1: Well, my heart and our heart goes out uh, to all the families that have been affected by the virus. Um, Our thoughts also go to the front lines and thinking about the the healthcare workers and the first responders that are out there on a daily basis fighting the virus and trying to do everything they can to keep people safe. And then finally, I think all of us, um, including New Yorkers, really need to think about what our healthcare professionals are saying and realize that this virus uh, takes no prisoners and uh, it's not judicious in who it chooses to affect, and so we really need to focus on what we need to do to stay stay as safe as possible, and when you look at the different curves and the different information that we've been given, we know that staying home and quarantining ourselves and eliminating uh, interaction is the most effective way to combat this invisible enemy, and so I would encourage all of us to really stay true to that. Uh, no matter how squirrely or stir crazy we may get, that's the ultimate defense against the virus so that we can contain it and be able to move forward in the future.
0: Very well said. And I think that EA and I love this podcast for a number of reasons, but we like it because more so than not, we get to talk about football and provide some levity for not only us, but for everyone listening. So now that we have you on, I think it's time we finally get into some football talk here and the big NFL storyline, I mean, there's a bunch, but the one that stands out, especially in relation to the Jets, is that Tom Brady is no longer a member of the Patriots and no longer in the AFC East, signing with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Just what are your thoughts, and what were your thoughts when he said, you know what, I'm not coming back to New England?
1: Well, first of all, I'm happy for Tom that he feels uh, the freedom and has the confidence to make a such a strong professional decision. And I know uh, he'll be working with a great mind in football, and Byron Leftwich, who was a teammate of mine uh, at Marshall University, and we speak quite often. And so I'm excited that they have the opportunity to have a relationship and and build a relationship between the two of them. I think Tom will enjoy working with Byron, number one. I think he'll enjoy uh, the ability that Byron will have to see the game through his eyes. Uh, I think that's so important as a play caller and when you're designing schemes and game plans that the play caller and the people you're working with as a player, they can see it through your eyes and see it through your quarterback lens. And Byron can being a a, a veteran of the NFL and being a quarterback. So I think that will be something that I'll be looking forward to watching mature over the next two years Uh, for the AFC East. I think that the AFC East got a snapshot of what life could be like without Tom Brady in 2008 uh, when I was playing mm. with Miami and Brady went down with the knee injury and Matt Castle came in. Uh, that division became uh, one that became very competitive uh, and and one that the Patriots did not win that year. Now, they were still successful, and I think that's something that people have to understand is that the Patriots organization and Bill Belichick will find a way for that team to be successful. It will just look different and it will be different. Uh, but I think all uh, three teams in the Jets, the Bills, and the Dolphins feel like now this division is completely wide open.
2: Do you think it, when it's all said and done, Belichick, who always has a plan for everything, will indeed give the ball to Stidham or do you think that remains to be seen here prior to September?
1: I think that all remains to be seen. Do I think uh, he has the courage to give the ball to Stidham? Absolutely. But nothing will be given to Jarrett Stidham, nor will it be given to Brian Hoyer or anyone else that they decide to add to their roster at the quarterback position. Patriots have always prided themselves on not caring what college you played for or what you've done in the past, it's all about the present. And so there will certainly be ultimate competition going on at that position, as well as ultimate evaluation. I've never really agreed with, quote, quarterback competition. I think that's a position that you really have to evaluate as a coaching staff and feel very comfortable with whom you are asking to lead your, your team. And so sometimes that doesn't come down to stats or mere numbers that comes down to who you feel most comfortable with, with their leadership style, skills, and capabilities. And so, uh, I think this really puts the Patriots vision, mottos, um, all of the things that make the Patriot way, what it is, it really puts it to the test, uh, because they have had, um, a fortunate run where they did not have to worry about this position per se. And now they do, and it's the most important position in all of sports. So it certainly uh, lends itself to a preseason and regular season that's gonna be extremely interesting. Uh could have a lot of different moving parts. Uh, but I think that they uh, you know will obviously do their due diligence in making sure that whomever's under center uh, for the Patriots that they'll believe that they can win with that particular quarterback
0: chad you know you work with the college quarterbacks every year at the combine and just one last question from me in terms of the patriots and who's going to play signal caller for them in 2020 obviously they have stidham and hoyer on the roster but is there anybody in this year's draft not necessarily a first round pick or a projected first round talent should i say that you believe could be a good fit in new england
1: Well, that obviously remains to be seen, number one. I think number two, I haven't done near enough study to answer that question um, in in a manner that would justify a really good answer. I I think when you look at this draft, it's obvious that there are multiple quarterbacks in this draft that could be uh, really good pros. And I think the one thing that New England has always done, they have drafted relatively well, even throughout, The time that Tom was there, they've done really well at drafting quarterbacks and being able to develop them. Uh, When you look at a Jacoby Brissett, you look at a Matt Castle, you look at a Jimmy Garoppolo, uh, even a Brian Hoyer, they've been able to develop quarterbacks underneath Tom that have gone on and been productive pros, Uh, maybe not franchise guys per se. Um, but have been productive pros. You can look at Garoppolo certainly and say that he's a franchise quarterback. But um, so I I think that they will do their due diligence and make a really good decision uh, when it comes to the draft. Do I think they will find a way to bring in a quarterback from the draft? Absolutely. Uh, They were always looking to do that even when Tom was there. So uh, they will definitely do it now. Uh, It just provides – more competition at that spot. And I think it's such an important position that they they have to, Uh, whether that is in the early rounds or later rounds, I think that remains to be seen. That all depends upon their own self-evaluation of quarterbacks and how they look at the quarterbacks, the value that they place on each one of those quarterbacks and whether or not that value uh, stays in line with what they're trying to get accomplished as a team.
2: What do you make of Sam Darnold being – the longest tenured starting quarterback in the AFC East. <laughs>
1: well, it certainly shows you that uh, the one constant in the NFL is change, and that all of us <laughs> as players, we don't have careers; we only have experiences. And so, um, you know, it's it's it certainly lends itself to. Uh, great television and great conversation uh, around the game of football when, when you look at the AFC East. also think that it's a great opportunity for Sam um, to really assert himself uh, within the division and really take the next step in the maturation process as a quarterback. I think he has uh, been able to make strides. I think all of us as fans see the potential there, but we have to be patient with that potential. An understanding that that potential just doesn't just automatically appear one day, it's over time. And we've seen strides in the positive direction. And now it's time to take the next step. Does that mean an AFC championship? Not necessarily, uh, but it certainly does mean more and more competitive football. It means more and more consistent performances. And it means a season that, uh, everyone can look back upon, whether it be the Jets coaching staff and organization or Jet fans and say, wow, the team has that franchise guy and the future is really bright.
0: Chad, so the Jets have officially brought in a number of players and also reportedly agreed to terms with a number of other players as well. But one guy that the Jets officially signed as of Monday was former Broncos center, now Jets center, Connor McGovern. And since Sam Darnold has been on the Jets, the center has been kind of a revolving door for him. You think of the guys that have played there between Spencer Long, he got hurt, then Jonathan Harrison, Ryan Khalil, then Jonathan Harrison again, To have stability there from somebody like McGovern, who played 31 games over the past two seasons with the Broncos at center and didn't commit a single penalty last season, what can that do for Sam Darnold?
1: Well, I certainly was blessed to play with two amazing centers in Kevin Mawai and Nick Mangold. And I will tell you that the center is normally an extension of a quarterback when you're talking about making protection calls, making sure the run game is solidified with the different calls across the line of scrimmage, communicating checks and audibles from the quarterback, uh, because the center is not just responsible for himself. He's responsible for four other players. The only other position on the offense that's responsible for multiple players would be the quarterback. And so that relationship is key, number one, and then the stability in that position is is really key as well. And so that's exciting to see that uh, the Jets have been able to uh, acquire someone uh, that can provide that stability that is that good as well and, and be able to move forward with this offensive line.
2: Let's go over to the skill positions and, and let's talk about Robbie Anderson agreeing to terms with the Carolina Panthers and the Jets striking – very quickly after that by bringing in a former first-round pick in Brashad Perryman the uh, University of Central Florida last year he really flourished down the stretch playing with your buddy uh, Byron Leftwich so what do you think about the opportunity ahead for Perryman and what maybe can he provide Sam Darnold
1: well just reading a little bit about him this morning and, and knowing uh, a little bit about him talking with, with Byron Leftwich uh, I think that It's a great acquisition. I think when you look at the different acquisitions across the board for the Jets, um, all of these players kind of have a a workmanlike mentality. I think that's been the approach um, by the general manager as well, is to to bring guys in that are going to work and play. Uh, Forget about the splash effect and about the fan favorites let's bring in football players so that's what we do we play football and so uh we bring in a guy like harriman you know that uh he has the talent otherwise he would not have been a first round draft pick and i think he had really started to find his way um with byron and the buccaneers last year was able to step in and um have some great success there with the injuries that they faced uh, with their wide receiving core. But then also when the wide receiving core is intact with uh, Lee Evans and Chris Godwin, he, he had some one-on-one matchups that he was able to win as well. And so uh, it's right now, it looks like it's going to be a receiving core uh, that's asked to do things by committee. It uh, doesn't look like right now that you have that standout per se of that true number one, but that doesn't necessarily have to be the case as long as you have guys that understand their roles and understand what they're being asked to do. Uh, will the Jets go to the draft? I could certainly see them going to the draft to add to that as well. But uh, as far as Perriman and his signing, I think it was a solid signing, no doubt.
0: You know, I'm interested to get your opinion on this, Chad, because given everything that's going on right now, the – Start date, or even if there is a date of OTAs and all of spring ball is kind of in flux right now. So for someone like Perriman, who's new to the team, and typically without everything that's going on, I would assume Sam Darnold would have invited everybody out to you know California or somewhere, and they would have gotten to know each other, you know, tossed the pigskin a little bit. But if you're Sam Darnold, like what what would you do to try to develop a relationship with someone like Perriman who? we'll be seeing a lot of, but there's not a whole lot of movement you can do right now outside of a phone call.
2: Yeah. The Green's point, I would just add on that. You're probably, I mean, we might be living in a 2020 era uh, or year where you're not going to have any OTAs at all. You know, a lot of talk out there is that you might just have to go right to training camp.
1: Sure. And I think, um, You know, from a player perspective, as long as everyone's working underneath the same rules, you don't worry about it, number one. Um, Number two, I would say that the reason you bring in a guy like Perriman is because when you bring in these vets, they have the ability to adapt to a new system and handle more information than rookies can and do. And so that lends itself to this environment as well, where there may not be OTAs and may not be a lot of time to spend with each other. Veterans can typically adjust more on the fly than rookies can because they football is is football to them. They've been in multiple systems. They understand how the league works. And so a lot of the things that a rookie has to go through in order to become a professional, a veteran has already done. And so it's more about the football piece to it. Um, as far as Sam and communicating with those guys, you know, technology is, is something that Sam can certainly take advantage of and use all the different apps and pieces of technology to connect with his guys. Uh, even if it is just phone calls and talking ball and just getting to know each other virtually, that still can be done, which can still be used to your advantage once you do see guys in person.
2: I wanted to ask you, going back to Darnold here, Albert Breer, the fine reporter for uh, SI, Sports Illustrated, uh, recently wrote about how guys are dealing with uh, what's happening right now um, and trying to stay, uh, keep their minds around football a little bit. And interestingly enough, he talked about Kyle Allen, Josh Allen, and Sam Darnold work basically quarantining themselves, but working with Jordan uh, Palmer again. And they've done that in the past, especially Allen and Darnold. Darnold's got his own place out there, Breer said, and they live like 15 minutes away. And then the guys come and they work. um, They do what they can while keeping a safe distance uh, away from each other and things like that. But what do you think about the relationship between Allen and, and Darnold, how these guys are always going to be kind of locked together, so to speak. Sam Darnold goes number three overall. The Bills move up. They take Josh Allen number seven overall. They're both entering years with their respective third seasons, and now Brady's gone. And, uh, you know, is this going to develop into a, a friendly rivalry that will be around for a long time?
1: It certainly could. I think, um you know, it kind of reminds you of the draft class with Roethlisberger, uh, Eli Manning, and Philip Rivers, and how we've all tracked their great careers, and they've all done so many great things. And and with Sam and with Josh Allen in particular being first round draft picks, uh, they certainly have the opportunity to have successful careers. And so, uh, within the same division, which even makes it more interesting. So. Uh, what's interesting about the two players there is that they have different skill sets, uh, but they've both been successful both in college and now have experienced some success in the pros as well with their particular skill set. Josh Allen being able to take his team to the playoffs last year, quite the accomplishment. And I think the Buffalo Bills are excited about his progression moving forward. So, It'll be interesting to see uh, how all this unfolds, and you just hope that they're able to stay healthy and stay away from injury, so that we can enjoy watching them mature and hopefully become really good pros.
2: If you're a quarterback, we're about three weeks away from the draft, and you were one, and you know the Jets roster and you're looking around, are you secretly rooting for a tackle or receiver? Do you have a priority if you are a quarterback?
1: Uh, if I'm Sam, uh, obviously any help that you can get on your offensive side of the ball is important. Um, I also think from an AFC East division standpoint, uh, with the uh, departure of Tom Brady, I think you look toward the teams that have really strong defenses uh, as far as giving an edge to a team who's going to win this division. I think it uh, certainly starts at, on the defensive side first. Um, and so, you know, when you look at it from a full team perspective, you've got to say, okay, where can we become better as a team? Does that mean that uh, we need to strengthen our defense a little bit, or do we feel really good there? And now we can add another component to our offense. Um, obviously, protecting the quarterback is always number one of utmost importance because, regardless of who you have in the skill room, if your quarterback is laying on his back, it really doesn't matter. So, uh, that's important, and uh, I think with the acquisitions that the Jets have been able to make uh, through free agency, I think they're starting to feel more and more comfortable with who they have in the O-line room. But uh, it all depends on – we can get you know really picky about who we think the Jets can draft, but mm-hmm. you really don't know until that draft pick comes up based upon what – the other 10 picks have uh, done and, and where those 10 picks have yep. been distributed. So that's always the tricky situation when you look at the draft. And then at that point in time, okay, who's the best player on the board and where, where's our most significant need? will obviously determine that pick.
0: April 23rd to April 25th, the NFL draft, just about three weeks away now. Chad, want to thank you again for coming on the official Jets podcast powered by Amazon web services. Stay home. Stay safe, stay strong, and keep washing your hands.
1: Absolutely. Thank you, guys.